Hello, my name is Dan Grubb, and over there is Aaron Fletcher-Smith. Hello, I'm Aaron. And this is the Dan and Aaron Lycorama music. Uh, if you can't tell, it's just me. And this is part two of our trilogy about the glories that are college radio. Aaron and I uh, combined had about nine, eight, nine years experience in college radio, and we absolutely adored it. And it was a foundational experience for both of us. Part one from two weeks ago was sort of the uh, macro version of the ins and outs of how it works, what it's like as a new DJ, what sort of uh, uh, in big new ideas and culture it opens you up to. This week, part two is uh, more micro scale, and uh, we go in depth about our individual experiences with our shows. Um, Aaron's was the Jake and Aaron Hella show, and I had several, but the main one was uh, The Big Waste of Time. <laughs> I love that title. Um, anyway, let's get those parties started, to quote Neil Hamburger. And here is part two. Let's do let's do formatting. Let's talk about the format of our shows, because okay, we're going to yeah, have yeah. a shit ton of fun talking about that. Oh my God! Um, do you want to go first, or you so, want me to go first? I, I, sure, you know, I, I could first. go volumes on on Hella Show, like right off the top of my head. Oh my God! Yeah, you guys, you guys really put a lot of thought into it, which I always respected. All right, well, you do, guys, do you mind if I go first? from your from your pre recording? Yeah, uh, and your recorded intro, your scripted things. Yeah, yeah, it was really, really good. So I well, always, I always went by the seat of my pants. So I'll, um, I'll I'll talk. Do you mind if I I do yeah, a yeah, let's, All right. Yeah, based on yeah, I just heard that sentence I said, and I'm like, that sounds like Aaron should go. Should, yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. So tell us about Hella Show and right. uh, the Jake and, and Aaron Silly Pie. All right. So let me talk about where the whole idea behind the Jake and Aaron Hella Show came from. Um, and when we when we do. And I'm not saying an if, I'm definitely saying this as a when. When we do an episode where we bring Jake on, um, he'll probably tell me that I got all of this wrong, which I'm totally fine with. Um, yeah. Um, hey, Aaron. The, hey, what? Boo. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, You're right. I'm sorry. I'm I'll go so live sorry. in a hole now. Yeah, I was all wrong. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, the... Um, the Hello Show was born out of just a, a variety of different uh, bits of media that, that Jake and I really enjoyed. And, and it was you know a little bit influenced by the way that you did your show, The Complete Waste of Time. Uh, kind of also developing an understanding of what you could do and what you could get away with on, on radio. Um, it was done around the same time that um, Adult Swim... Uh, and particular robot, particularly Robot Chicken was on the air. Mm. So the whole idea of doing random silly sketch, you know, almost doing the audio format version of um, uh, silly sketch comedies was, you know, was something that Jake and I were really excited about. 
Um, it was very influenced by Space Ghost and Cartoon Planet. Um, yeah. But then it was also equally... Um, uh, it, it definitely pulled a lot of inspiration from Conan because I know that there were bits where Jacob was like, oh, I want to do this. I think it would be so funny because I saw Conan do something similar and I think it's just going to be hilarious if we do it on radio. Mm. And so there was a lot of little bits and pieces that we pulled from when we put the Hella Show together. Uh, but we had a format and that that was the thing that yeah. we, we kind of made. I think I had a, yeah, I had a t-shirt for your show yeah and on the back was a minute by minute rundown of the yep. format of the show which i was yeah. like wildly impressed by yeah it was, was we like, really wow, in, you're yeah, really we, good at planning yeah we really enjoyed chunking out the show and for the moments of time because coming back to you talking about you know there's 30 minutes of airtime where you can do whatever you want that was jake and i looking at each other and going Oh my God, we can fill this with us being stupid. Oh God, this <laughs> yeah. is going to be great. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we came up with, and this is one of the things I can't remember whether it was Jake pointed this out or, or whether you pointed this out, but someone recently reminded me about this and I had completely forgotten about it. Um, we had exercise corner, mm-hmm. story corner. Exercise um, corner was hilarious. Yeah, exercise corner, it's, story corner. It's, think about it for a second. It's yeah. audio exercise. Yeah, <laughs> audio-led exercise. Which yeah. was a real thing, but yeah. it was a real thing, like, in the 40s. Right, right. And when we no one had a back. TV. <laughs> exactly. But as soon as you had a TV, you were watching, you know, Jack LaLanne do exercises or something. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's really funny. Exercise quarter. Okay, now we're yeah. going to do 500 push-ups. Yeah, yeah, Her. yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and now Her. Aaron is going to lift the, yeah. I remember uh, one of my favorite ones was Aaron is now going to go uh, in the other room and he's going to lift the Kenmore refrigerator. Now, <laughs> we, need, we need to remind you, and this is Jake doing all the dialogue. He, you know, Now, we need to remind you that WIUS recently received a full-size Kenmore refrigerator with double-sided doors on either side and optional ice maker. It's the 5000 series model, right? And Jake was doing all of this <laughs> at the same time that I'm in the background away from the mic going, Oh, God, Jake, please help! Oh, it's too heavy! You know? It was so much fun. It was so much fun. <laughs> And then, um, I honestly, I cannot remember who came up with suggestions from Stalin. So that was my favorite section. Yeah. Absolutely. My favorite segment was suggestions from Stalin who had been dead for 50 years. Yeah. But but it (laughs) turned out that he was alive. He was cryogenically frozen. He'd be, he had been brought back and and he was going to give advice. Uh, you know, yeah. uh, Yeah. Let me see here. Let me see if I can. He's Maybe done with taking over the world yeah, for yeah. for uh, Leninist right. uh, violent oppression. He's got some kind he, of he's like, more of Ann Landers these days. Yeah, yeah, he's got some watered down communist propaganda in his advice columns, but it's really there's not a lot of you know actionable items there. You know, they would get on and you know, uh, I am Joseph Stalin and. Uh, I have been frozen in communist Russia for 50 years, and uh, 
you know, I now live in the United States and drive Buick. And, uh, you know, I would like to extol upon you casual ideas on how to make your love life and the relationship better these days. You know, it yeah. was so much fun. And there oh, would be, it was so much and fun. And there would be a letter. And were, did you guys make up the letters or for, were they from your 50, friends? Or I would say 75-25. Okay. Um, you wrote one. I think Len actually wrote one. Would you but, have? You had like uh, AOL Instant Messenger? Yes, yes. And we actually had a suggestions from Stalin email. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, and yeah, so you would, you would type, you know, whatever. I, you know, I'm wondering what kind of car I should get or yeah. – uh, yeah. I suspect that my husband is uh, having an affair or, right. you know, how do I get my, uh, my, you know, my sink drain is smelling. Right. How do I right. get the smell right. out? You know, it's a yeah. typical right. newspaper advice columnist. Right. And then Stalin would, you know, Joseph Stalin, the guy yeah. who murdered, who was responsible for 12 million deaths. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Well, when we were trying to upset the uh, proletariat bourgeoisie, you know, I found that one of the easiest ways to get blood out of things was, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. and on and on and on. Um, <laughs> it was, it was great. It was excellent. Excellent, it was great excellent fun. segment. Yeah. Um, and then we had uh, Interview Corner, where it originally started as Jake and I trying to improv whatever uh, people we could. But then it really just became, we, when we discovered soundboards, we just oh, used yeah. the soundboards right up until we decided to do the Stephen Hawking interview when we <laughs> found that we could just plug stuff into a text-to-speech. Yes. Where, you know, it turned out that Stephen Hawking had like a you know his his wheelchair had like hover thrusters and deployable rockets and missiles and stuff and uh he's gonna <laughs> blow up the station and god that one was fun and then we had and then we did silly pie and silly pie, silly pie. was epic. our it was yeah it was our epic story where god we pulled in like 400 different random characters from all sorts of different media uh, it, it had Dr. Worm from They Might Be Giants as, yep. as one of the protagonists. And um, let's see here. Ganon was in there from Zelda. <laughs> um, it, it had Kung Fu Hamster, who yeah. was literally a Kung Fu Hamster toy that I had received. And we decided to rope him in as part of the story. And, and that story just got bigger and bigger. And we had like narrative consistency. And Jake yeah. and I would write that story. And then we'd check it. For accuracy, based on the previous episode, right? Um, yeah, you must have had like a serial killer murder wall. God Almighty, with, it was with fun. Red string. Yeah, we had a story. Thing. Yeah, we had a big story map for a brief period of time in my apartment. It was great. Um, and then we recorded. We loved. I I particularly loved. And then and then I kind of basically kind of pushed it on Jake. I was like, I love this. So now you love this too. And he <laughs> begrudgingly accepted that he would allow me to, to do this. Um, I loved, absolutely loved doing these epic intros and outros. I, so, I had so mm. much fun with them. Yeah. And so I would make the intros and the outros just absolutely over the top. Um, and, and they were so much fun. But it was, it was very staged because we had so much airtime where we could be us and we could be dopey while we were on air and as long as we played songs in between that i 
pulled, you know, and Jake would go pull something from the library or I would pull something from the, you know, the must playlist that was in front of me. Right. And we would just throw a CD in and play it. And then the rest of the time we would do us. And because of our time slots, ten, uh, one was uh, midnight to 2 a.m. And then later when we got the quote unquote kind of like late night talk show, 10 a.m. to 12, uh, 12 a.m. or 10 p.m. to 12 a.m. slot. Yeah. Nobody really checked in on us. So we followed right. the format because we didn't want to get in trouble. But at the same time, we were able to play it a little bit loosey goosey. If we wanted to do, if we wanted to do like, um, you know, uh, eight minutes to 10 minutes of silly pie, we could get away with it. Um, yeah. And, and my God, it was fun. My, it was just like so much fun because <laughs> it, like Jake and I would get together and for six to eight hours before every episode, we would grind mm. and we would mix and we would record and we would render segments and we'd burn them all to a CD and we had to be ready by like 1145 to 1150 with that CD. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, 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 it, and, and somehow like with, you know, like this bizarre, like woolly mammoth force of nature, we got it to happen. Yeah. Except for that one time that I ended up making Jake have to accept the brunt of it for 20 minutes late. But otherwise, for the most part, we made it work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it, yeah, it's always that, that, that spinning plates. Is yeah. It, is it going to work? Is it going to work? Okay. He, he landed. Yeah, that was exactly the it. There was so much of it was was you know spinning plates, the balancing act of you know, are we going to get this segment? Is the PC going to die? Oh no, it rendered. It actually did it. That's great. You know, is the is the device going to actually burn today? Is this CD good? <laughs> you know, right. It was great. It was so fun. It was fun for the manic energy to it. Yeah, and what's smart by having the segments formatting like that. Yeah. Is it's a lot like it's the uh, it's the blank page problem. Yeah. If you have a blank page, you're like, oh, God, what do I feel in this blank page? Right. Right. But if you have a prompt, oh, OK, yes. I can answer this. Absolutely. And yeah. it's like and yep. it's it's why a chapter or like a short story is harder to write than right. a sonnet. Because a sonnet has to be, you know, A, B, A, B, C, D, C, D, E, E, F, F, or whatever it is. Right. Which, you know, whichever version of sonnets you're doing. You know, yeah. and it's a certain da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Right. And right. it's a certain number of syllables at a certain cadence and a certain yeah. rhyme scheme. And you're like, okay, yeah. I have to, I have a format. I have a general idea that I'm talking about this person I'm madly in love with. I'll do it this way. Um, and it's, it's, it's by giving it structure, you're able to put all of that energy into what's the best version of this structure I can come up with rather than, Oh God, what do I do? Yeah. There, there's also a bit of it where, um, that was a period of time where you and I were sharing articles fast and furious between each other on the structure and the meta and the formatting of how to do comedy. And you and I were having these long conversations uh, every other, like, you know, um, 
whenever we whenever we got an opportunity to hang out, where you and I would sit there and we would we would explicate and we would tear into detail uh, comedy comedians sets that we had listened to and why they worked and and what it was to mm. the structure of what they did that worked and sounds one tedious. of the things. But, yeah, but it was you and it was you and I and a handful of beers, man. It was yeah, for yeah. for others. What was tedious was our you know meat and potatoes. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. No, one of the uh, things that I remember that came, school. yeah, man. Um, one of the things that I remember coming out of that conversation was that it was like just prior to the Hella Show, you had talked about how um, certain comedians would treat. Um, sketch comedy. I think this is where you and I were like talking about Second City or, or you know, getting ready, folks getting ready for SNL. How they would treat certain sketches, like, you know, they knew that X, Y, and Z person was going to do certain type of sketches because they had that in their blood and they were great for that type of sketch. And then other people, A, B, and C, would be off wing for that type of sketch and they would be taking their take they would be taking their water break or kind of you know breathing heavily so that they could get their manic energy back up for when the, <laughs> the sketch all you know uh switch back in that is what jake and i use those segments for because uh. we would be exhausted after whether it was marching hundred or whether it was just a school day or just our lives in general and so and also we prior to that show, we would have had spent six to eight hours putting that show together and looking at each other and going, this is never going to work. This is going to sound like shit. I'm so <laughs> mad at the mixing on this. I cannot believe that we got this thing, you know, that we shat this thing out the other side, uh, you know, whatever it's done. Right. Right. And then we would put it on the air and we would take that, t you know, like two to eight minutes, however long those sketches were that the sketch was playing to sit back in the chairs let a long sigh of exhaustion out, drink some water, drink some coffee, and listen to the shit that we had just put together. And then we'd look at each other and we'd go, you know, that's actually, okay, that, that turned out pretty good. You know, or, yeah. or we'd look at each other and we'd go, oh my God, this is a gem. This turned out really good. Yeah. And then there were a handful where we'd look at each other and we'd go, this is a stinker. You know, let's, yeah. you know, let's not tell our children we did this, you know. Yeah. And <laughs> but it was... You know, yeah. Back at it tomorrow. Yeah, but it Start was like the um, next one. right, exactly, and and it was um, it was those breaks that allowed us to come out of s us from six hours ago being manic, um, and coming back into that after a sketch, a song, like a song, a sketch, a song. That's usually how we would do it, or a sketch and then yeah. two songs afterwards. And we'd come back, and that was about 12 minutes. And 12 minutes was just enough time for us to water break, pee break, coffee break. <sighs> <laughs> and we're back with the Jake and Aaron Hello Show. <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and and it worked. And it, it, it was it was such a great format. Um, to, to it, it allowed us to keep that manic energy, and and it was just it was sat it was as satisfying as it was exhausting. But my God, it was fun, dude. Absolutely, it was so much fun. Absolutely. Yeah. And that is, I mean, when you think about it, if you take it as purely, and, and, and you said this already, but yeah, it's a very um, not traditional, but it is a, it's, an, it's a great 
way to plan out a show. Yeah. Whether it's a stage show or a television show or a radio show or whatever. Yeah. It's, if it's something that's happening live or live to tape, right. you have to pace it so that for that one or two hours or three hours, right. you're not collapsing at the end. Yeah, you got to build in the water breaks. Yeah, yeah, you have to have, okay, I can do this for a while and then hand the baton to someone else and they do it over there for a while and then it comes right. back to this so that, yeah, so it doesn't fall down and die halfway through. Right, exactly. Yeah, and that's that's smart. what those sections were. Those were our those were our our water and pee breaks for ourselves and and letting mm. our previous selves do the work for our current selves. Yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. It was fun for that. So, I can like I'm on a steamroll and I could go right into lock in my show or I could shut the fuck up for a minute and you could talk about big waste of time. Uh Okay, which sure, would you yeah. Prefer? Um yeah, I can go. Um Go man, so go. Before I got on Big Waste of Time. Um, I, uh, yeah, so I came up through the ranks of having a new music show at 7 in the morning, Friday mornings. Uh, that, <laughs> that was called Ugly in the Morning. Uh, no, that was Rude Awakening. The Rude uh, Awakening. That's right. And then uh, after that, it was another, uh, I think it was like Friday 9 to noon was Ugly in the Morning, uh, which was a Faith No More song. Don't look at me, I'm ugly in the morning. Don't look at me, I'm ugly in the morning. Yes. Um, named after that, I didn't. I don't think I played it. Uh, and and you know, I eventually I made my way around the daytime schedule, playing new music, uh, the occasional jazz show from five to seven. Right. Um, and so for yeah, like two years, I did that, and then, uh, um. People started to kind of notice, oh, this guy does an interesting show. And yeah, not planned. Uh, I might I might pick out a few CDs, be like, oh, this would be a cool song. This would be a cool song. Right. Um, but the things that I would really go through and think about were I had my milk crate of records in my dorm room. Yeah. And, uh, uh, and it was background music. It might be, what did I have? I had uh, the... SO Trinidad Steel Drum Band and it was like 15 guys playing steel drums and they played like Downtown by Petula Clark or uh, you know all these like 1960-ish pop songs right um I would use that I had a Let's Go Calypso no Let's Go Bossa Nova um all these sort of like generic instrumental interesting songs interesting records right. that i found right. at used record stores around town yeah and they're just like what is this cool i'll buy right. it right um that that steel drum band I they did that. um i remember you you played one of those i think you used it as bed music uh during one of the shows where i was listening in and it was like after you had used it as background music i it was either a beatles or a rolling stone song and i Probably i think it a was beatles um, song. Yeah, and I just remember being like, "What was that?" And and I remember just being incredibly excited about it. And it launched this like search where I ended up searching for um, steel drum, uh, kettle drum covers of music. Uh, and it is amazing uh, how many. Th there's there's one where it's a, a 
uh, there's a steel drum cover of You've Got to Change Your Evil Ways. Um, oh, cool. You Got to Change Your Evil Ways, which mm-hmm. I'm just in love with mm-hmm. to this day. And um, yeah, I've got that. I've, I've made sure that MP3 has moved from computer to computer as I've switched PCs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love, yeah, it's like, bing, 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 bing. Yeah, anyway, <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to do that now, but yeah, it, it, it is amazing. I love anyway, that. Anyway, sorry. Um, but yeah, I just, I, I was, you know, most days I would wander around a thrift store or a record store looking at stuff that people had gotten rid of. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I found, you know, I had one record and I would play it on the radio because, you know, why not? I'm stupid Mm -hmm. and weird. Um, it was, uh, a record about, uh, how to, it was canine heartbeats and like, <laughs> here's a dog's heartbeat who has arrhythmia. Oh, that's weird. Um, that's and, neat, though. That's um, cool as all get out. There, uh, I had one. Because in a corner of the world, that had applicability at some point. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There were lots of sales records from like the 50s. Uh, yeah. How to sell yeah. O-rings. Yep, yep. Um, uh, how to learn Greek. Yep. Um, stenography courses where he would start he would start talking slow on one track. This is 30 words per minute and work his way up to 120 words per minute. You know, was, this is the reason that Locke was so amazing as a co-host is that he oh had archives of these records. He, he had, had these records in droves and he would come out of the woodwork with them. I remember. Yeah. Anyway, I'll, I'll talk about that in a minute here. Go yeah, on. Yeah, go yeah. on. I, I'm yeah, sorry. Locke was really good for that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yes, I would you know play. Here's a, here's a punk song. Here's a metal song. Here's a soul song. Uh, here's a section of a 1941 news broadcast. <laughs> here's uh, here's a jazz song. Right. Here's a sound effect of a man laughing maniacally. Here's a, <laughs> we had the sound we had about 20 probably sound effects records from this it was oh, a sound God. effects library from around the early 70s i think mm-hmm. i can't remember the name of it but i can see it in my mind and they were glorious right. yeah and one of them this one track this one record it was all laughter and applause and you Fantastic. would have here's 3 seconds of applause here's 12 seconds of applause Here's 30 seconds of applause. You know, whatever. Right. Here's an audience lightly chuckling. Here's an audience laughing riotously. Mm -hmm. And this one track was called Laughing Man. And it was two minutes and 34 seconds of a guy going, Ah, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> so, oh, 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 oh. which you know, for like ten seconds, you're like, this is <laughs> this is hilarious. Yeah, and then yeah. it keeps going. Like, <laughs> okay, this is all right. I get or whatever, and then it, thirty seconds into it, you're like, wow, this is really still going, isn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then about a minute into it, you start to go insane. Yeah, exactly. And you end up like the guy. You're like, oh, this is how this guy ended up being like this on this yeah, track. Yeah, is he's because, gone insane and he's taking right. me with him. 
he's the laughing man and I'm going with him now. <laughs> the yeah. laughing man is coming for you. Yeah. You know, a yeah. new story from Neil Gaiman. Right. <laughs> so that I, I have that recording. Um, and oh, every once God in a while when I, because you sent it to me and, and every once in a while I'll go back and I'll, I'll dig through my old like sound effects libraries and I'll find some of the stuff that, cause I would send you sound effects. You would send me sound effects and I know that I still have Laughing Man because I, I remember listening to it at one point. I remember listening to it, and I I know he's in. He may be in Restory. It's entirely in possible here. that he's in. Yeah, it's entirely possible that he's in Restory because it's one of those where it was just like he's okay. in the house. Yeah, yeah. Um, that because he just would not quit, and I remember I remember listening to it. <laughs> laughing Man, and, don't quit. Yeah, that's on the graffiti downtown somewhere. Exactly. Laughing Man has a posse, and and his posse is Aaron and Dan. (laughs) That's it, though. Nobody else. Um, Yeah, but I've I've still got that track. I recognize that track. Laughingman.mp3. Yeah. Anyway. That that might be, like, my favorite track of all time. (laughs) Like, sorry, James Brown. Yeah. It's uh, it's Laughing Man all the way. Yeah, got to give it up to that and Shuby Taylor. Oh, Shuby Taylor, yeah. Um, it was the uh, was that on Songs in the Key of Z? It was Songs yep. in the, yeah. We also had uh, there were all these compilations of strange little songs like Songs in the Key of Z and the American Song Poem Anthology. Yes. Um, the song poems were great because, like, in the sixties and seventies, you could like in the back of a magazine. You know how, like, in the back of comic books. Mm-hmm. It's like send a dollar and get this rocket ship, or, right? You know, right. whatever. Sea monkeys, you know. It yep. was like that, but it was uh, records. R- send in your lyrics, and check the box for like what style of music, uh, and like a woman or a man singing it, and whatever, whatever their little options were, and you mail it off with, you know eight bucks or whatever right two bucks i don't know how much it costs and someone will sing your poem four dollars or something and yeah and they would mail back your record and they would make (laughs) your record and they're like factory and you get and you get a little you know a single with Mm -hmm. your record on it right and uh and you know however many copies you wanted pressed yeah. And uh, these became collector's items. And, you know, like, uh, not just thrift stores, but, like, estate sales and um, flea markets. Like, yeah. wherever yeah. weird people find these right. weird objects. The type of locations where you would essentially find a combination of uh, vinyl flooring and uh, late 1800s wood bureaus. Yeah. You know, yeah. Records, records sitting dustily upon these objects. Yeah. Yeah. And you spend the entire day going through every single record in every single stall. Slowly. Slowly, slowly, yeah. slowly. Yeah. yeah. And after about nine hours, <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'm exaggerating. After about five hours of going yeah. through thousands and thousands of records, you go home with four really neat ones. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Because, I mean, there's only so many copies of Supertramp you can see in a day. 
Yeah, exactly. Um, and, yeah. you know, Kiss and Joni Mitchell. Uh, uh, it's funny. I was thinking Joni Mitchell before you said it. Yeah. It's like, yeah, some for some reason, every, like, record store, thrift store, uh, flea market sale, everyone yeah. has at least two Joni Mitchell albums in, in like, those bins of records. Yeah. Like, I, I almost wonder if, like, there's a... A Joni Mitchell record fairy that makes sure that there's one in every every record collection, you know. Yeah. yeah. And, With her uh, face plastered right in the middle of the yeah. Okay. And anyway. The, uh, what was the am I thinking of the right one? Is it Super Tramp? Uh Breakfast in America is with the uh, yeah yeah breakfast in America with the waitress standing like yes uh, yeah the very the retro waitress yep yep that's the one you yeah. needed at least six copies of that record yeah. in every single store it was right. like mandated by law right how many right. breakfast yeah. in Americas do you have right right uh, and then and I think then, we're down to two all right uh, let's I should give you a seventy five dollar fine but. I'll yeah. give you until Friday to get another one in here. Yeah. Let's call okay, Columbia okay, House okay. and uh, yeah, let's let's call Columbia House and let's get some of those tapes in here that never <laughs> <Yeah>. sold. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, you go through all the all the things and you come out with, you know, uh, some amazing digging in the trash. Yeah. Uh, you know, funk record that no one had ever heard of, right, and it right. turns out is incredible and yeah. You know, you give it to your your electronica friend who gives it to their hip hop friend who yeah. makes the greatest record ever made. Do you want to know something? That's how I found out about the Incredible Bongo Band. Oh sure. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, I I picked the, I picked up a, a a record of the Incredible Bongo Band on a whim, yeah. and I discovered their cover of Apache, and my life was not the same afterwards. It is. <laughs> There's a time before and a time after I discovered that song. Yeah. Right. Well, I'll tell you, um, this week or last week, I was uh, I was getting tired of the CDs in my car. I was like, mm-hmm. I'm going to go through my CDs and find something. What's something I haven't heard in a long time? Right. And so I'm flipping through my, all my CDs and I'm like, oh, I forgot about this one. It was a compilation yeah. that I got yeah. back in my Wuvit days. So I probably haven't listened to it in 15 years. Right, right. And it was called Club Africa, I think Volume 2. Yeah. And it was a compilation of these African funk bands from the 70s. Right, And right. like 80s. Yeah. Um, and, but a really great one uh, that I ended up, I was listening to their full album today, is uh, Hugh Masakela and Union of South Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, M-A-S-E-K-E-L-A Hugh Masakela and yeah. the Union of South Africa awesome 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 record I really really loved it um, even like the slow ballads are really groovy and cool and so yeah, I, I just found it randomly <laughs> I, I do remember I do remember that at some point during the college radio era I remember you turning me on to I think it was that album, that Club Africa album, and just the concept of Africa funk in general. And mm. that was around the period of time that I discovered um, Femi Kuti and his father, Fela Kuti. Yeah. And oh my oh God. My God. Afrobeat yeah. is the best. Oh my God. The it's best amazing. Style of music. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. You, you don't know what you've missed until you hear Africa Funk. It, it, it is like this, it's this bit of music that um, once you listen to it, you're like, yeah, of course that has to exist. That fits <laughs> a corner of musical genres internationally that I had never even considered should be there, but yeah. absolutely fits there like a, the perfect puzzle piece. Yeah. I was just telling one of my kids the other day, we were in the car and I was talking about Fela Kuti and I was like, yeah, Fela is just, it was, it's funny because he was educated in England and, mm -hmm. you know, he had excellent English skills, but when yep. he sang, he did it in pidgin English mm -hmm. to make it more like rootsier and authentic, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, oh my God. Yeah. He was just so great. And you know, he did the thing where he had like 50 wives or something, which is gross. Mm -hmm. But yeah. other than that, I think he's okay. Yeah. I don't think the he music, was a bad guy. And the music was oh banging. My God, the music was incredible. Yeah. And yeah. And his son Femi is, uh, was also super great. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Fabulous. 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 And, um, how did we get to that? Oh yeah. We were yeah, talking about, about the format the of your trash. program. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you'll find like one super cool like you know soul album that you never would have come across, um, or and and you'll have you know something by some band that has been the one missing from your series of their records. Right. Like, oh, yeah. I finally come. You know, I finally closed that loop. Cool. Right. Right. And then you'll have. Um, I'm trying to think of another example of a weird record I had. Oh, I had uh, another one I used for background music was um, I actually didn't know what it was until mm -hmm. I asked a Japanese friend of mine, yeah. hey, here's this record with Japanese on the cover. Can you read Japanese? And he goes, oh, yeah. yeah. So he sat there and he's like, oh, this is a no theater recording, N-O-H. So like Japanese okay. opera. Okay. And I was like, oh, okay, that's what it is. Because it's extremely slow. Okay. And right. very vibrato. So it would be a guy Neat. going like... Oh, okay. And right. I'm like, oh, is that even words? It sounds like, you know, some like Pharaoh Sanders experimental thing. Yeah, right, right. But he's just singing very low with a lot of vibrato. Yeah, right. Not low, slow. He's singing very yeah. slow with a lot of vibrato. Right, right. Um, and so I was like, I don't know what this is. So I was using that as background music for like a year before I found out, oh, it's old Japanese opera, no theater. Right, right. Um, but so, yeah, just all these weird things. Yeah, it's so much, it's so rewarding to find those little gems in the dust. Yeah. Uh, diamonds in the rough, that's what it is, not gems in the dust. Can I can I briefly do my my uh, background music real quick and then, yeah, and then yeah, I'll yeah, shut yeah. up and let you go back. So um, Jake is mostly responsible for uh, you know it was like we did the first episode and he was like, dude, we need background music. We need we need to find something that's instrumental that is not going to distract from us. So my first instinct because I had discovered it the year before was that I just burned an entire album of. Um, uh, uh, 
ROM music ROM. Uh, Nintendo basically old NES music. Oh, and so yeah. I used I used NES music like the original like chip tunes NES music as as our background music for a long time. And then I found out about uh, overclocks.org which at the time was Nintendo uh, and Sega old video game remixes that like various like, you know, little hobby G DJs were doing uh, during that period of time in the early 2000s. And so then it went from the original Nintendo songs to remixes of Nintendo songs. And then eventually we found out that there were people that were doing jazz covers of Nintendo songs. Nice. And so it, it was... We just cycled through those for a long period of time. There was this one that was done by this band, Estratosphere, and they're Ooh. still out there. Um, Eric Estrada's, it's Eric Estrada's name with the word sphere next to it, Estratosphere. Gotcha. And um, they did this cover, uh, they called it Super Buck Jazz, and it's just a jazz cover of Super Mario Brothers 2 theme, and it is so swinging. And man, we used we used that to the point that I, I think it, at a certain point Jake was like, "We should stop using that. We're using that way too much. We really yeah. like it." And I was like, "Yeah, I know. We really like it. It's really good." But it, it like we were getting distracted by how good it was, so we had to go back to using like you know other you know non intrusive stuff. But yeah, uh, that was our bed music was uh, video game covers or or the actual video game music. I, I loved doing that. Um, but I'll talk about locks in a minute here when we get to, to that, but lock was entirely different. It was just, yeah. Anyway, so I, I'm sorry. Uh, I'll shut up now. You, you want to, um, go on with, uh, so yeah, uh, we were talking about formats. Sorry. Formats. Yeah. Yeah. So I, anyway, yeah. So I was, um, yeah. So I would be going my preparation instead of six to eight hours of scripting and recording and brainstorming and mm -hmm. rendering, um, my preparation was if a song happened to play on my MP3 playlist during the week, I was like, oh, I love that song. I'll make yeah. a note of it. Mm -hmm. um, and then an hour before my slot, I would go through my milk crate of records and pull out some bed music and right. pull out, oh, this would be fun to play. Um, and then I would put them in a grocery bag and I'd take my little grocery bag of 15 records with me. Right. Um, and throw some CDs in there. Uh, and then I would go up and set that down, say hi to the DJ who's on the air before me, go in the library, start pulling stuff. Um, and just sort of like, oh yeah, these, and you know, not have a plan. I might have yep. like five written down on a post-it. Okay, I got to grab these five. Um, and then I'd be like, oh, you know what? If I'm playing this, this would be good for that. That would be good yeah. for that. that. And just and I end up with a stack. Um, and then I sort them into here are funk, here are rock, here is loud rock metal, here is jazz here is weird mm -hmm. um and then i would you know go through my like i feel one from column c now mm -hmm. uh, and yeah just i would just like what do i i feel while this song is playing what do i feel like next yeah 
it was just, uh, you know, and, and it was often, what's the opposite of this? Mm-hmm. And I would grab something. Okay, now what's the opposite of that in a different way? Right. And I would grab it and play that. So it was very like ping pong, yeah. you know, very erratic. Um, and so I was doing this show, playing weird stuff, playing sound effects. And, and then one day, uh, this guy comes in uh, in overalls and his eyes are really big behind his glasses and he's got long hair and, and uh, he has a big grin on his face. <clears throat> and he comes in and he, uh, he waits for me to get off the mic. And then he plops down on the couch opposite me and he says, Hey, people say that we should hang out. Like, oh, okay. Sounds about like, yeah. And it's JJ. It's my buddy yeah. JJ. Yeah. Uh, and that was how we met. And I mean, you know, we ended up doing a show together for a couple, two or three years. And mm-hmm. I ended up getting married at his house in the country. That was uh, so charming. That was so much fun. Yeah, yeah, you were, yeah, you were there. Yep. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was uh, it was the the start of a beautiful friendship, and mm-hmm. uh, we he uh, invited me when this semester was over to come over to join him on his nine to midnight show Wednesdays. And so I started listening to his show more. And I'm like, oh, okay, he's doing interesting things. Oh, okay, that's cool. And he was doing interesting things over here, and I was doing interesting things over there. And when we pooled our resources, we sort of, oh, you're doing, oh, I see. Okay, I can do something with that. Mm-hmm. And it was a little bit of synergy. And it's like, oh, okay, I, you're doing this. You're, you got some chocolate. I'm going to put some peanut butter in that. Okay, cool. <laughs> and we'll um, put this together. Yeah. And so eventually, um, we eventually it came into I would do nine to ten. Uh, ten o'clock was the album spotlight, uh, which was right. technically against FCC regulations. Mm-hmm. And then uh, after the album was over, around ten forty-five, he would take over, and I would occasionally chime in. But for the first while, it was you know. 50-50 split. Oh, hey, you should do this. Oh, hey, after this one, do this. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we ended up doing... I don't know where the idea came from. I know it did not come from me, but I loved it. Was um, our wrestling show. Yes! Yeah, I'm not going to rob you of, of saying the name. It was Radical Recorded Wrestling. R-R-R. Oh it was so good. And uh, this was probably, probably 2004 mm-hmm. when we did it. And, uh, and it was, yeah, probably 2004, maybe 2005. Yeah. But it was, uh, it was a wrestling show. And it was like 15 or 20 minutes. We did, I think, three or four episodes of it. Yeah. And then... Uh, and it was all pre-recorded, so we just put in a CD and played it. Yeah. And then yep. JJ went out and had a couple cigarettes. Right. And uh, so I loved this segment for obvious reasons. <laughs> oh, it's fabulous. <laughs> and some of it, we shouldn't, you know, looking back, it's like, ooh, that wasn't great. Like there was mm-hmm. in, a, in one of the commercials that we did, 
uh, uh, it was a, a white guy playing an Indian guy. I was like, yeah, that's not yeah. okay. That's not cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, I think it was pretty much okay. Yeah. Uh, there was, like, each episode, there was one questionable piece that someone else wrote. Yeah. And I was like, ooh, okay. Yeah. You yeah. know, it's the UN Security Council. I'm just France. I can't, yeah. you know, we're we're voting fine. And I'm also, yeah. like, I was the youngest, and I'm, like, a weenie. And right. I'm, like, the most sensitive to others' feelings. Yeah. So it's like, But ooh. still... Uh, anyway, but... um. Yeah, at the same time, though, I mean, that's one of the things that I, I do think about when I listen to some of those old recordings um, is that, okay, first of all, product of the time, right? Second sure. of all, um, one of the things that... Um, but it's also a product of the time in a good way. Mm-hmm, all right. right. Go, go on and carry on um, complimenting me. Oh, <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I was going to say, like, the, the one thing that was really good is that... Um, there was a lot of checking that went on between you and I, when you and I would decide whether or not we were going to do something uh, between Jake and I, Jake would, was a wonderful judge of uh, character and of ethics and comedy. And he would do a really wonderful job of shutting down some of the stuff that uh, a naive, stupid me at the time did not realize would be culturally insensitive later. So right. Jake did a fantastic job of shutting some of that down. And then every once in a while, you'd have a joke that at the time, based on what little knowledge we had about that person, I'm thinking, I'm talking Cosby here, the joke would yeah. slip through the cracks because at the time, we didn't it know. was silly. Right. Right. And we, we, did, we, we just, we didn't know. Right. Didn't know. And, and so, yeah. So, yeah, there, there were, it's, it, they're dated and they're dated for the most part, not because we were getting away with telling racist, sexist, homophobic jokes, but more so because we were like, you know what would be funny is this person in this situation. And then years yeah. later you realize, oh, that's that's actually uh, kind of gross. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so. Well, I mean, oh, it's well. like, you know, John Stewart, bastion of, you know, energizing the liberal base, was right. using the R word uh, mm-hmm. much later than anyone else. Yeah, <laughs> than yeah. most people. Yeah. You know, it's like yeah. product of your time. Yeah, you got exactly. stuff in you. Yeah, you know. Right. It's, right. Oh no, we stopped saying that a while ago. Yeah. yeah. I love him. He's heroic. God bless him. Yeah. yeah. Um. But we uh, anyway, yeah. The uh, radical recorded wrestling R R R. It was uh, so it was a wrestling show. Just like, you know, we all grew up watching WWF when we were kids. And then by that point, it had become WWE. Um, and we all loved the the buildup and the pre-fight uh, interviews. And the, you know, in a, in a three-hour event, there would be, you know, 40 minutes of wrestling. <laughs> Yeah, and the rest right, was right. commentary and yeah, yeah, and interviews and yeah, buttering uh, up arguments the good guy backstage. and the heavy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, it was it was very silly and very. What do you um, think about that? Just happened, you know. Well, I'll tell you what I think about. It. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Just wait till next week at right, the next right. enormous event. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and 
but we left all that stuff. And so that was the focus of was like, all right, well, what's, you know, what's this guy going to say? And it was also, uh, the Iraq war was still fairly new. Oh God. Yeah. Cause that was fall <laughs> of 2003. I remember because, mm-hmm. um, within an hour, within half an hour of, uh, Bush declaring war on Iraq, on national TV, um, I was on the air opening the show with an angry rant followed by bombs over Baghdad by Yes! Because I am nothing if not classy. Yes! Sensitive. Yes! That was not... That wasn't super cool, but... No, no. You know what? That was horribly insensitive. But I was furious and I wasn't thinking straight. I wasn't thinking of... It was horribly insensitive. It was also hilarious, and it had the manic energy of a dead Kennedys episode. All right, so like you know, as bad as it was, and people did call in saying this is incredible. So yeah, yeah, as bad as it was, it 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 matched the tone of a dead Kennedy song, and and for that reason and that reason only. (laughs) I will That's never true. forget, like, I have very the mental very image jello. of being there. Yeah, because I was there at the same time. Yeah, and, we were and recording I just, the album. Yeah, it was... It, I, I gotta say, man, that's that's one of the shining moments in your radio career. Duplicitous or not, it was... It was God, it was good. It was yeah. good. It was so satisfying. I loved yeah. it. Um, I thought it was funny. And, I mean, you saw me. I was just shaking with rage at yeah. what this idiot country was doing. Right. Yeah. Um, but anyway, um, so the, the war was still new ish. Yeah. And so some of the characters that we had were, uh, random terrorists, numbers, Mm. three, four, five. Right. They never spoke. They just showed up and blew stuff up. They were always blowing up the ring. Yeah. And then we had to lower a replacement ring from the ceiling, which, you know, (laughs) You always have, so like that, you do. That yeah. worked out, right? Um, uh, and there was uh, R.J. Vanderhosen the ninth, I think, uh, was the heir apparent to the luxury sock empire, <laughs> uh, and he was he was the uh, entitled rich kid right. who went. He was a member of Skull and Bones. And uh, he did all those rituals. No, Skull, yeah, Skull and Bones was a, a tag team in one episode. <laughs> and they came out in coffins and everything. And, that's uh, fantastic. And one of them was RJ. Nice. And uh, we had uh, the, the oldest frat boys in the world, Kai Kai Kai. They were really old. Oh, God. Um, we had a one time the terror, a random terrorist was fighting the great Satan. And the great Satan was the every other country's um, simplification of America. Okay. The yeah. uh, the sort of um, American um, American devil. Yeah. What do you call it when you're like making a broad brush, making fun of someone? Generalization. Uh, uh, stereotype. Stereotype. That's the word. It was it's, also, it was the American stereotype. Yeah. And so so he came on and and uh, he was saying, oh, 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 you know, he talked like that. He was real dumb. Right. Right. And uh, it was great because if you remember. Uh, during that time, uh, there was uh, sometimes there would be a recession 
and they would tell yeah. us uh, right after 9-11, huge recession and, you know, Christmas was coming up. And, you know, they said, we have to get out there and spend and spend and spend or else the terrorists <laughs> win. Yeah, right. Yeah, uh, I remember that. And so the great Satan, the way that he won the match was uh, just before the random terrorist uh, blew, did a suicide bomb in the ring to kill both of them and thereby winning since he was the one who did it. Um, the great Satan uh, noticed that in the stands, one of the concessions vendors, uh, besides the uh, hot dogs and sodas and beer, also had a blender. He was a blender vendor. <laughs> and this one had had a blinking light. And he said, oh, that light had just blinked and it was so pretty and, and, you know, really high tech and really fancy and it looked really expensive. So I want, you know, I wanted to go get that one. And uh, and so he's, and so I'm I w- one of my characters was uh, Terry McSweeney, which it never occurred to me until years later. Terry Sweeney was an actual guy and he was on SNL when Robert Downey Jr. was on there in the years. Oh, like, oh, oh that was an actual guy. Crap. Uh. I should okay. have come up with a different name. So yeah, I was Terry know. McSweeney. No and because the the ringside announcers, there was always the calm play-by-play guy, and that was uh, Don the Don Rossberger. Mm-hmm. And then there's the panicky guy. Oh, my God, right. did you see that? Oh, my, right. I can't believe right. he did that. And that was right. Terry McSweeney. <laughs> and, um, and so that was one of my characters. And so I'm interviewing the great Satan and I'm saying so wait so what you're trying to tell me what you're doing and I'm you know leading him to say the big punchline of this segment the gag yeah right and he goes yeah that's right Terry uh if if I didn't go out there and and stimulate the economy the terrorists surely would have won <laughs> and I was but I'm bum yeah right um, yeah. and we also that, had complete, and, and we had, uh, there was one time you heard the voice of a random terrorist. It was the, the leader of the terrorist cells. Mm. Uh, and, and we got on it with like a handheld tape recorder. So it sounded really crappy. Right. And, uh, he goes, Hey there. Yeah. This is a random terrorist. Uh, number one. Yeah. That's right. How y'all doing? And you know, he just had this like redneck accent. Right. Right. Therefore, therefore, saving yourself from. Uh, well, yeah, we didn't want to be uh, racist. Exactly. <laughs> so we made him. <laughs> we, we made him a good old boy. Yeah, which turned out to be slightly more omnisciently prescient than you were probably expecting it to be. Oh shucks. Uh, oh shucks. Anyway, all uh, right. And so yes, and and uh, oh, it was fabulous. And that's also where uh, one of my favorite characters, Senator Bigfoot, originated. Oh yeah. It was on the final right. episode. It, this by this time it was two thousand eight. I had come back. Uh, my daughter was gonna be, I think she was gonna be born or about or was just born, mm. and uh, and so we were doing a one-off special, and one of the matches was, um, it was t- uh, during the primaries, and so it was Senator mm. Bigfoot, who. Uh, it was like the, the business, um, uh, someone, she was like, uh, she was like the next in line for the, for one of the 
Vanderhosen businesses or something like that. Right. Oh, it was uh, the it was the current president, President Pirate Pete, <laughs> and President Pirate right. Pete's pet parrot, Poop Deck Polly. Um, oh, that's it fantastic. Was, it was his daughter, Petunia Pete, because oh, it turns out after all this time, Pirate was his first name and his last name was Pete. So P- Pirate Pete's daughter, Petunia Pete, was running for president, and she was running against Senator Bigfoot the Republican from Oregon, who was a Sasquatch. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) And I ended up, uh, my first e-book was Senator Bigfoot and Friends, Senator Bigfoot and Pals. And the the story was about, and and my second collection uh, had a Senator Bigfoot story too. And I put him in a couple episodes of my podcast, Bunkum. Because I just love the idea of, and Senator Bigfoot's deal it 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 spiraled out of control over the years. So yeah, his, because it's a character that you love. I, I definitely I, love this I, guy. I recognize this. Yeah, yeah. He is a Bigfoot. He's a Sasquatch. Mm-hmm. Yep. He's from or, the rural mountains of eastern Oregon. Yep. Um, his core beliefs are guns for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, taxes suck. Give me the money. And. Um, uh, n- everyone should have absolutely no imi- no limitations on drugs. <laughs> so he's kind of a Hunter S. Thompson right. type, right? Politically, right. yeah. Um, and uh, at one point, uh, he he's addressing the rumors about him, and you know he he's denying these false charges from the liberal media, the hysterical liberal media. Right. Uh, talking about uh, how he was high on peyote, firing guns into a crowd. And he's like, look, Very. there were ghosts. I was protecting <laughs> the public from right. ghosts who were trying to kill them. And, you know, all this stuff. And, it was, yeah, right. it was great. He's just a lunatic. And he's running for the presidency of the Wrestling Federation. That's fantastic. Yeah. yeah it's, it, yeah, it was very, very silly and dumb. Yeah. But, but so also biting funny. satire. Yeah, yeah. We, uh, we satirized the Iraq War, um, the politics leading up to it, the absurdity mm. of uh, broad brushing an yeah. entire culture as random terrorists. Yeah. yeah. Uh, commercialism. Uh, advertising. We had excellent, excellent fake commercials. Yeah. Uh, we well, had... yeah, I remember your fake commercials were basically one of the biggest reasons that you and I started doing the fake commercials in Restory. Is oh, because yeah. it's, you were oh, like, my you know what I remember thing. really doing? Yeah, yeah. And and I, I, Jake and I would do them a handful of times uh, to fill in, you know, bumpers as yeah. well. It's fun as hell. Yeah, yeah it's super fun. Uh, Don the Don had a chain of restaurants uh, Don the Don's Fat Burger. <laughs> and this was at the height of the Atkins diet craze. Right, right. And so the, the Fat Burger was, uh, it was uh, it was just a hamburger with no bun. And he said, there's right. no carbs because there's no bun. It's doctor <laughs> approved. <laughs> and then uh, he had the five pound glutton burger. <laughs> Eat one and get a free prize. And uh, the, the piece de resistance was the monster dog. Okay. And the monster dog was, 
<laughs> you take... <laughs> you take the little, you know, the little pink skinny hot dogs. Right. You right. take one of those and you cook it and you put it, you slice open a bigger hot dog like a sausage and you put the little pink weenie into the, In the hot other dog, hot dog. <laughs> and that's the bun. And there's no carbs because there's no red. Try right. it with onions. Try it with <laughs> mustard. Either way, there's no carbs because there's no bread. Oh, God, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, he had, he had some kind of fish seafood platter that was just this ungodly um, uh, oleo of, hor- of horrific proportions. It's just this awful, you know, abattoir of seafood. And it's fit for Pos- King Poseidon himself. I think um, I remember that, that that fish plate because I remember, I, I just remember that part of the, the Don the Don's Fat Burger. And I remember being actually like kind of close to sick listening to the number of different fish that were described as being part of that plate and it's all vaguely like sure it's fit for consumption yeah (laughs) just sort of like getting around the terms right 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 yeah um in uh sure it can go through a digestive system i mean yeah i guess yeah uh, i do remember that in Blacksburg, where Virginia Tech is, the next town over, Christiansburg, there's uh, the one of the big car dealer car dealers is the Sheeler Motor Mile. So <laughs> one of my characters was Old Man Whitey, and I don't know why he was called that. I don't. There was no reason for it. He was just an old man. Yeah. And it was, hi there. This is Old Man Whitey for Old Man Whitey's Pet Kilometer, Christiansburg, as <laughs> one eighteen. <laughs> and he had a literal kilometer of pets <laughs> and it was entirely too many for one pet store he's like it's statistically impossible for me to sell all these pets before they die <laughs> I do remember this yeah this I remember horrible. this because I, I was so, yeah yeah and um, yeah and you know, we had a, a PSA for uh, a PSA ag- against apples yeah. that was, uh, you know, we we talked to these people and asked them what they think about apples. And, you know, I'm a, you know, I'm a, uh, what was it? Me and some other doctors work in the same building together. <laughs> I love that the doctor talks like that. Right. And, and one of those apples moved in downstairs and it spoiled the whole bunch of us. You know, it's like they kept us all away and all this right, crap. Right. And uh, and the, it's like that's right. Doctors agree. Apples suck. Paid for by the <laughs> Vanderhosen. You know, paid for by the American yeah. Orange Juice Council. And right, it was right. <laughs> oranges putting out a hatchet job on that, ad yeah. against right. apples. Right. Right. It was just stupid. It was great. But yeah, yeah you know, it's just like. You know, it's just like the Super Pack commercials. Right, right. You know, you just say it really fast. Paid for by the American Orange Juice Council. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Cars it's are like, dumb. Paid for the by the American Association of Trucks. Yeah. Yeah. It's like uh, uh, my my job that I had when uh, my my youngest was born. 
I was working in this warehouse with these guys and my boss, he called me professor sometimes. And, mm. you know, I would talk like I talk, you know, just mm-hmm. random, whatever, dumb crap. And he goes, right. Yeah. You know, and, you know, one time I said something smart and reasonable. He goes, wow, you're pretty smart for an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Okay. Okay, I'll take that away. I'll use that in something that I create. Yeah, that's the perfect summation. Mm-hmm. You're pretty smart for an idiot. Yeah, yeah, that's my daily modus operandi right there. Yeah, but yeah, that was basically our uh, how our show went. It was just it was so stupid. And we're like, what's You're... the what's the dumbest thing that we could possibly do? And with our you know powers combined, we ended up accidentally yeah. making it smart. <laughs> and the, the the other thing that I'll I'll note is that your show, and our show, um, the the Jake and Aaron show, um, we, we ended up because of your and my friendship, we ended up um, uh, suggesting and and advertising to each other uh, these amazing bands and these amazing records that we had oh, discovered yeah. in the stacks, For, and yeah. and and so then we'd end up playing that band the next week because we had fallen in love with so-and-so band, you know, yeah. I, I would be like, Dan, you got to know about this. And then, you know, most of it was usually, you know, you would play something and then you'd be like, Oh my God, I found this and I burned a copy of the CD. You got to check this out. Yeah. And I would well, be floored by whatever all those, you brought to me. You had all your sketches. So I only had, I, I had three times as many songs as you. <laughs> yeah. I got to say one of the, one of the ones that, that, um, to this day, I'm so thankful for because it just became part of our life and we, we played them at our wedding is a uh, Google Bordello. Um, oh yeah. Cause you, you, you came to me like, you know, an angel bearing gifts when you came to me with Google Bordello and you were like, you need to check out this, this, this one track, a Bordello kind of guy. And I, I <laughs> man, that talk about a, a song and then a band and then an album and then a series of experiences that changed my life and my oh, wife's my life. Was, yeah. Yeah. There's something. Holy else. Crap. We talked about them on the uh, the uh, mixtape episode back in June. Yeah, we did. Oh my That's God. right. Google Bordellers, they're they're fabulous. Yeah. They're wonderful. And, All right. Uh, so and, and likewise, I mean, if I had to pick one, Doctor Worm by yes. They Might Be Giants. Yes, what a great absolutely. song! Everything Hell, about yeah. that song. It's a peppy little melody. The horn yeah. line is fun. But yep. just those lyrics are mm-hmm. just bananas. So fun. And I'm not a real doctor, balls. but I am a real worm, and I like yeah. to play the drums. Like, yeah. hold on. <laughs> it's yeah. one of those yeah. things you look at the lyrics, and after each line, you have to go, okay, I'm processing this. <laughs> I'm a I'm real still processing worm, the weirdness of the last thing. Yeah. And I like yeah. to play the drums. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and like, sometimes... And then I love the in the bridge. Someday somebody else besides me will call me by my stage name. They will call me Doctor Worm. Yeah, yeah. I and love the, that. Aca- the acapella right in the middle of it is just so. It's like, yeah. Oh, you're just a guy in his basement. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, that's top ten song. I love yeah. that song. Absolutely. That um that was a song where Jake was in love with that song. He, he brought it to me. He brought it to Silly Pie. He said, I want this oh, character right. to be... Yeah, he said, I want this character to be part 
of the silly pie story and that i want there to be a point where we we weave into the story that his song is like the mothra song in that it's like when it gets played it saves the world yeah and so yeah, we yeah. wrote we wrote that in the silly pie <laughs> that the only way to defeat one of the like the mini bosses in the silly pie storyline was if dr worm played his song and so then we played the song on the show is that was so much fun it was classic yeah um, oh, so good hooray that was part two of three of the dan and aaron lyco rama college radio trilogy the epic saga of that time that we were like 20 and played records um we really love it it was a formative experience and uh part three will be up in two weeks and uh we go in depth in aaron's time with uh, our friend chris at, at their radio show and uh i don't know some other stuff uh, I, I I honestly forget the the rest of the episode because I haven't finished editing it yet. So have a have a mystery. That's a cliffhanger. That's a teaser. Who what will happen with their idle conversation? Ooh. Uh here's that uh patented trademarked closing music. <laughs>